Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Hey, I love this scripture, and this is a scripture for you and I. It's this, it's Isaiah 18, uh, 43, 18. It says this, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old, Behold, I will do a new thing. This is God speaking. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love that because God has a new thing for you. That is not just because the calendar has turned. That's like, okay, I better get something new. Like, quick, quick, angels, let's, what do we have? No, God has actually got predestined plans for you. He wants to do a new thing in your life. Um, that to work in your life and also to work through your life. Uh, he has a good plan for you. I like what um, in 1 Corinthians uh, 2.9, it says this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says um, let me just turn there here. First Corinthians 2, 9, it says, but as it is written, uh, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So that's quoting Old Testament, but I love what's after this is verse 10. It says this, but God has revealed them, those things that we were just talking about, the things that eyes haven't seen, no ears have heard. God has revealed them to us through his spirit for his spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. And it goes on in that portion to say that God will reveal things to you from his spirit, that God has got good things for you, that now today that you can actually experience. It's not waiting until heaven to experience what God has, that you can actually experience the plans, the purposes God has for you right now on earth. Um, and that is like our identity in Christ, who God has created you to be, um, his plans and purposes for your life, um, the answers to prayers, like prayers that you're praying for, the answers to those par- uh, prayers, walking in the finished works of Jesus. In other words, what Jesus did on the cross. So that is what God has for you. Now, you might notice I have something different on the stage and someone's like, um, are we taking communion? Because that water looks gross. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I think this would be a good representation of what God has for you, right? It's full. It's almost overflowing. I got to be careful. Natalie, you're in splash zone. Um, but it is almost overflowing. God has got really good things for you. They are pure. You can see them. They're great. They're good. They will quench your thirst. You could even say it is living water for you. That is what God has for you. It is so good. And I think this at times, is a picture of our heart, is that there is our heart and there's only, take off this safety lid, um, there is only so much capacity for what God has. This is what God has for you in your life. It is full, almost overflowing. It's more than what you alone could have. You, and then in our hearts, we only have so much capacity. Why is that? Is because there's other stuff taking up room, taking up capacity, so that when God has something for you, it's like, okay, I got, this is my safety bucket right here too. He's like, I got good things for you, right? And, and he's like, I got all this for you, but you only have so much room. So you, he pours, it's like, oh, this is good, this is good. And then what happens is you start running out of room. And the reason you do, the reason you're running out of room is because why? There's, 
gunk at the bottom of your heart. There is gunk at the bottom of this jar taking up room for what has been prepared, what God has for you. Now, what would you call, and then it gets sloppy. <laughs> Life is sloppy, let's be real. Okay, so then, what would you call this gunk? You could, you could um, name uh, the, the gunk different stuff, this sludge that gets into the bottom of your heart. You could call it, like it's right in here, it's like grains of maybe disappointment. Right, disappointment that has now gotten into your heart. Maybe it's disappointment um, with others not meeting your expectations. Maybe it's disappointment of a job or, or your, your business not working out and, and, and disappointment fills your heart. Uh, maybe it's disappointment with God. Maybe it's God, I thought you would work out this way and I'm disappointed and it starts to fill and take up capacity in your heart because you only have so much room in your heart. Maybe it's not disappointment. Maybe it's broken trust. Maybe you're like, I, I thought they were a friend and they treated me this way and now they've broken my trust. Maybe, maybe someone colleague lied to you and, I, and so now that is a grain in your heart taking up capacity. Maybe it's, maybe it's someone in your family or a spouse and, and it was a broken trust. Maybe it was someone in authority over you and now... It's like that, that grain is there. It's there right there and taking up capacity. You guys with me? Maybe it's betrayal. Maybe it's a betrayal. Maybe a, a friend or a spouse. Maybe it's someone with their words or their actions. Maybe you're supposed to be a, a safe place and it became a place of hurt and pain and it filled. And it produces, I think if you summarize all of that, I think it produces, you could call this hurt. That hurt fills up our heart. It takes capacity away from God being able to fill what he has. That's just life, right? And, and it's like anguish, like your heart is hurting. And when it's not dealt with properly, this is what happens. Is it gets there and it gets takes away, how God can only do so much, put only so much into your life. It takes capacity and becomes this like sludgy grossness in your heart. And, and you know, this disappointment, broken trust, betrayal, hurt, if, 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 if it's left there, if it's left there, it can turn into something we call bitterness, resentment, and is this sludge that gets there. And it takes up capacity, so there's only so much room for what God has. You know those things we read in 1 Corinthians? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can understand, but the Spirit reveals, hey, we know, but there's only so much room. God says, I've got good plans for you, a hope and a future. He says that um, I'm gonna do a new thing, but there's only so much capacity, so much com capacity, room for what God wants to do in your life, room for relationships God wants to bring in, room for opportunities that God has, room for joy and peace in your life, and because of this sludge. You know, Psalms, or Proverbs 23, seven says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, what you think in your heart or what's happening in your heart will shape the perception and your reality of who you are. It will shape your life. In Proverbs 4.23, it says this. Is Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. 
It determines the course of your life. The condition of your heart determines the course of your life. Now, maybe hurt happens and you get these little grains and eventually it settles, right? Eventually it settles. And, and you think, hey, I'm fine. I'm good. Like this was from a bit ago. I'm, I'm, I'm good now. I'm good. Like, look, you can sort of see the water. Like, I'm good. Look at my heart. I'm good. But then, and it's not like a Bond film. Usually people don't ask, would you like it shaken or stirred? But what happens is when life gets, shakes up a bit, right? Things start to get a little shaky, a little messy. Something starts to happen in life, and it starts to shake things up. Things now, what you thought had settled, you were like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Like, I'm all right, I'm all right. This was a while ago, I've moved on. And suddenly, what happens is when something starts to shake in life, a challenge comes up, and what happens is it triggers or it brings those things up again, and it pollutes, if you will, that sludge comes into your whole heart. It starts to pollute how you're seeing things. It, it not only... Will it take away your capacity to receive, but it'll take away your capacity to see, right? You cannot see well through this. Why you can't? So your, how you see things, how you see God, how you see others, how you see challenges, how you see opportunities is actually shaped by your hurt. You see it through the cloud of hurt. You see it through the cloud of pain if it is not dealt with. Um, and so you could be like maybe someone in the past, whenever you let them in a certain amount into your life, in the past they've hurt you. So now someone's coming up and they're getting closer, like they're becoming a better friend. And then it gets to the same point. And because of that hurt that isn't dealt with, what happens? It shakes it up again. So now that person might be like a person from God, right? They, and, and, but because you're seeing it through the hurt, you're not seeing that. You start to be like, oh, okay, I better start cutting it off because I look it, they're gonna hurt me soon. Or I don't trust them at this point because. Or, okay, things are going so well, but you've been hurt in the past and things start to shake and you're like, okay, it's only a matter of time until things start going bad and you start looking for bad things. Or maybe it's like, okay, you've had a bad uh, uh, church experience with people in church. And it's like, okay, I love Jesus and everything, but then I get into church and it starts to like shake a little. I'm not gonna shake too much more for you guys. <laughs> but it starts to shake a little and you start to see everything through that. You start to see it through that sludge, through the heart, uh, the pain in your heart. You see things through that betrayal. You see things through um, the, the disappointment. You see things through that. And I don't believe this is God's best for you. I don't believe it's God's best for, for you or I or for us to live. And that I believe that Jesus has actually provided a way so that we don't have to carry around all this sludge in our heart. We don't even have to like, okay, no one shake it. Let's let it settle. And like, let's just leave it for a moment. Because what the, Jesus says in this life, you will experience tribulation. You'll experience trials. It, just give life some time and it will start to get a little bumpy. And so it, it will start shaking things up. So how can we deal with this hurt? Because I think we all do have it. Some people are really good at hiding it. Like, hey, how are you? 
Um, and then other people, it's like, whoa, you're hurt. And then other people, <laughs> and then, then as well, just in life, you can just be going through life and there will be many opportunities that, that you will get hurt. So what do we do? I want to dive into two things of how do we get rid of this sludge in our life? Not just cope with it, not just let it settle down, but how do you truly get rid of the sludge of hurt in your heart? Because that will, because what? Like we read in Proverbs, out of it flows the issues of life. You want your heart healthy so that then you can see God correctly. You can see who he's made you to be correctly. You can see those around you correctly. You can see challenges, opportunities, the way God has them for you and not through hurt. So how do we do that? I'm gonna cover two things that I see in scripture. And the first thing I, I, I wanna dive into, I think you actually can't do without the second thing that I'm gonna talk about. So I'm gonna talk to you the first thing and then with a caveat of you need the second thing first, right? There's my little asterisk right there. Um, but you need this first. And the first thing I believe is this, to get rid of it, is, is forgiveness. We see this in the Bible, to forgive. And forgive is really to release a debt that was owed. To forgive, to release a debt that was owed. And in Ephesians 4.31, it says this. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ uh, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Now, maybe you're thinking this um, uh, in your mind, because I can't see it, because maybe masks on your face, I can't see it, but maybe you're like pushed back a little bit. Like, are you serious? Forgiveness? Like, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what I went through. You don't know what actually happened. Like, forgiveness, Josiah? I thought this was like the, the grown-up church were not in Sunday school. Forgiveness? You don't know what happened. But forgiveness, and I'm not talking about forgiveness like someone cut you off and, and you're like forgiving them. I think if, if that, that's an issue, it's maybe because you're seeing that person cutting you off through, through here. But I'm talking about the real hurt. When people truly hurt you, when people truly disappointed you, when you felt let down, it's hard to forgive. It's not a Sunday school. It's hard to forgive. And I think we struggle I struggle um, because of different things. Maybe it's this. Is maybe you want to make them pay for what they did. Like, I'm not going to forgive because I want them to pay for what they did to me. I want them to suffer. And then you find, like, Old Testament scriptures, like, all right, Lord, let the bear eat them. Right? Like, it's in Kings. Right? You're like, okay, like, let the bear eat, right? But, you, but what happens is, okay, I want them to suffer. I'm holding on to this. What does it do? It robs your capacity for the present. It takes away your thoughts, your attention. It takes away um, you being able to, to, to be in the moment. It seals all your thoughts to that. It sucks it out. Maybe you're like, you put terms and conditions on it. I'll forgive them once they do X, Y, Z, um, comma, A, two, right? Like um, once they do X, Y, Z, then I will forgive them. Um, and, and until then, I'm not going to. Or I think this one, maybe more so for, for many of us, I, is this, is by me forgiving them, it says it's okay what they did. 
It's okay, by me saying I forgive you, it's okay, I'm saying it's okay what you did to me. But forgiveness is not saying it's all right what you did. It's actually releasing them from the debt or the wrong that they did and the rightful justification of what they should get at them. Right, like Jesus, let's take a good example, we're Christians, if not, maybe you'll be a Christian today, um, is as Christians, we follow Jesus, right? We, he is Lord, let's look at him. Jesus, he what? Forgave our sins. By him forgiving our sins, what did, it, did he say, it was okay, you're sinning. It was okay, your sins before. No, 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 he released us from the debt of sin. He released us from the debt of sin. Forgiveness really is grace in action, and that's what forgiveness is. So forgiveness is not, does not mean I'm inviting that person back into my life. Maybe there's a place for that, but maybe there is not. Maybe part of forgiveness is I'm forgiving them, but I'm leaving and putting up healthy boundaries. That is actually part of it. It's releasing a debt that was owed. And God qualifies it who we should forgive. Not once they pay, not once they do X, Y, Z, he actually qualifies it. He says, forgive as Christ has forgiven us. So the qualification actually is Jesus. He has paid it all. So now we are, as Christ followers, as Jesus as Lord, to extend forgiveness to everyone. Now, practically speaking, how does this look? Sometimes it's appropriate to be like, have a conversation and at the end be like, I forgive you. Other times, it is not appropriate. Hey, um, so I heard a message on Sunday, and I just want to let you know that I forgive you for what you did. <laughs> right? Like, sometimes it's appropriate. Other times, practically speaking, it isn't. It's a, I'm releasing them in my heart, and that's between me and the Lord. And as well, like, let's be real. Sometimes there's hurt from people who are actually no longer on this earth. Maybe it's hurt from, from parents who are gone, or people in your life who are gone, and you what is it? it you, you have that conversation with God. You release them by forgiving. But forgiveness, the way God says, it's actually impossible to do on your own. It's absolutely impossible to do on your own. You can't be like, come out of the doors today and be like, hey, I'm gonna forgive more. I think oftentimes what we call forgiveness is actually just pushing down. It's not actually dealing with it. It's like, okay, and pushing it down. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just pushing it down. I believe it actually takes faith to forgive. And it's not a passive thing. I think it's one of the most courageous, strong things you can do is to forgive. And I believe it's actually not possible without this next aspect of doing this first. So this is... Let's be real. This is nasty. No one wants a drink. Like, I don't care how parched you are. This is gross. But try picking a grain of sand, like as you see it go by, and say, I want that one to be removed. I want that offense to be removed. If you try and, like, even if you go around it with your fingers, even if you, like, have a spoon, um, you're not going to be able to get everything out. It's going to be really, really hard. So how do you get rid of all this nasty hurt? You can't like individually pluck it out. How do you do it? I believe the only way, as I tightened it really tight, that would have been embarrassing if I couldn't open it. It would speak to my strength and my weakness. In my weakness, you're strong. But how do you get rid of this? I think the only way to really get rid of this is just to pour it out. 
is to pour it out. And some sticks, I told you now, there's a splash zone. And you, you, the only way to get rid of that sand in the jar is to pour it out. You can't pick it out. You can't, like, take a spoon. You need to pour it out. In Psalms, in Psalm 65 or 62.5, it says this. It says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Then it goes on and says, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Then it says, in God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Then check this out. In verse eight, it says, trust in him at all times, you people, Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And then Selah. Selah means pause and calmly think about that. Or also pause in his presence. So the, the psalmist encourages us to pour out your heart, to empty the contents of your heart before him. What is all in there? So what does that practically look like? When you're going through life, Pouring out your hurt before him. God, I am hurting because of this. God, I am so disappointed about this. God, I am being real with him. Being real with him, not toning it down. Look at David. He was real with God. He was like, God, I hate this. God, I'm so frustrated. God, just kill me. God, just kill them. Right? Like he was so raw with God, with the hurt, the disappointment. And what did he do though? He poured it out. We see through our scripture, he poured it out to God and God can handle it. You don't need to tone it down for God. He can handle it rather than keeping it in your heart or just like, okay, just let it settle. Let it settle. No one move. No one look at me. No one give me the weird eye and let it settle Okay, I'm good. And then you walk around life like this, like hopefully I don't shake this up. I think the only way to get rid of the hurt, the pain, the disappointment, so that you can actually see clearly is to pour your heart out to God and then allow his spirit and his word to what? To then wash over you and pour out, right? And what happens is his, wa- his word, his spirit, will then wash. Because some, some of that stuff, have you ever found it? That gunk is there. It's like, I don't know how to clean that up. Sometimes when I do dishes, it's like, Josiah, did you really do it? I don't know. But, and you keep pouring it out. And sometimes it will take a while. Sometimes it's like, okay, I just want the one and done. Like, okay, let's, like, I'm gonna just be real with you, God. But sometimes it's okay. I'm dealing with this. And then you re- you come to God again. God, I'm struggling with this. I'm dealing with this. And what do you do? You allow his word to wash over you, to pour over you. Because that's how you're going to get rid of that hurt, that, that disappointment, that sand, that gunk in you. And it's messy sometimes. Sometimes you just got to, it's messy. But then we see that's what David did. So we, we be real with God. God. I'm so disappointed. God, they betrayed my trust. God, 
I'm hurt. And what we're doing, what are you actually doing there? Is you're casting your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. You're actually being real with God and pouring out your heart to him. And, and, and it's saying, God, you're my, you're my refuge. You're my trust. You're my refuge. You're my trust. And you allow God to wash and to speak. I think this is a, a, a great prayer in, for each of us is Psalms 51.10. And it says this. Psalms 51.10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And that's what pouring out your heart really is. is coming to God. Say, God, create a clean spirit within me. God, create a clean heart. God, I don't want to carry this. I don't want to go through this. And know what? He will do it. Psalms 147 talks about how that he heals the brokenhearted. And as you pour your heart out to the Lord, I believe then you can actually truly forgive because you're not having that sludge in the bottom. That is actually, you've now poured that out onto him so that when, when life's happening and it's shaking again, you've given that sludge to him. And maybe it's a, okay, I gotta do it again. I gotta do it again. Dumping out that sludge, pouring it out before the Lord. And, and I think really then we're able to forgive. And it's not us forgiving by ourselves. I believe it's the Holy Spirit empowering us to forgive. And in doing so, what do we do? We are making more room, more capacity by getting rid of all that sludge for then God to fill our lives, our hearts, with the good that he has, with the good that he's prepared before the foundation of time, that we're making room for the good that he has for you. So that also, not only that, but you can actually have a clear perspective. Sure, there might be some speckles that God's working out, some harder ones that maybe need some elbow grease, but you have a clear perspective where you can see clearly what God is doing in your life, who you are created to be in him, people around you, those challenges, those situations. And maybe, 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 maybe things come back. Maybe it's, there's still some. Well, then you just continue to pour out to him. Pour out to him. I think it's a place of strength. And then from there, then you can forgive. Can I encourage you today with this? Is to let go of that sludge in your heart. Let go of that hurt, that pain, that disappointment, the broken trust. I believe God wants to bring freedom to your life. He wants to bring peace to your life. He wants to bring wholeness to your heart. I think it's amazing that he is a master heart surgeon, that he knows our hearts before we pour them out to him. He knows what we need. And if we just say, God, I need you. God, I'm so hurt. God, I'm so disappointed. God, I thought it would work out so different. And if you just pour it out to him, 
and allow his spirit and his word to wash your heart, to wash over your heart. I believe your capacity for him will increase. You live free, not having to be worrying about when life gets shaky and the cloud starts coming up, but instead you can be in his freedom, his peace. God created me a clean heart. He created me a clean heart. I believe right now it's actually just a moment that we can take individually just come before the Lord out right now close our eyes and right now is a moment where we can start to empty our heart pour out our heart before him and right now with his spirit He's creating. He's washing. Father, I thank you that you love us so much. That you created a plan, a way for us to get the gunk out of our hearts. And that was made possible through Jesus that we can come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of need. So right now, God, we're coming boldly and we're pouring out our heart, our disappointments, our hurt, the betrayal, the beat up things that just happen in life. How we're pouring that out to you right now. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name that your your spirit and your word is washing over hearts, creating a clean heart. And Father, I thank you that maybe there's people in our lives that we need to forgive. Father, I thank you that you're bringing those people up to our remembrance. And that it's not by our might or just gritting more, but it's by your spirit and our faith in you that you're empowering us to forgive them, releasing the debt that was rightfully owed to us. So Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.